If you'd like to spend some time with real people with a real heart for God, we welcome you to visit us at Harvest Church in Alexandria, Virginia. Our Sunday morning services are held at 1030, and our Family Night Fellowship takes place on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Come experience God's awesome, life-changing power as we worship in His presence, fellowship with one another, commit to discipleship, and share God's love through evangelism. For more information or directions, visit HarvestNova.com. That's HarvestNova.com. This morning I'd like to talk on the subject of focusing on God. Is it possible with all the distractions that we have, can we really focus in on God? You know, we have um, a lot of things that take our focus from him. You know, we have our work, we have our homes, we have our sports, we have our internet, we have our cell phones, we have our problems, and all those things take our focus away from God onto our problems. We live in a fast-paced world. But for the next 30 minutes, I want you to think about God, who he is and what he can do and just focus in on him. Don't think about lunch. Don't think about food, Melissa. I want you to think about God today. She's the only girl I know that will work for food. You ever see her holding the sign working for food? That's Melissa. So, and she will work for food. So, but we need to focus in on God. It says in Colossians chapter 3, it says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. But you know, it's hard to focus in on God with all the other things that come, come against us. You know, Facebook and cell phones and internet and work and all those things that want to take our attention from God and put it on our problems and our need. This morning I received a, a phone call that uh, AC was not working in the sanctuary. Like, that's my problem, you know? <laughs> Why did you call me? I'm off today. But praise God, Charlie Fox got to come back on, and it's cool in here. And I was going to preach whether we've, we had AC or not, so praise God for AC. So you wouldn't focus in on the heat, you would focus in on him. Let's turn our Bibles to Daniel chapter 6. And if there was anybody that had a problem that he really could focus on, it was Daniel. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to do a Pastor Tim on you this morning. I'm going to give you five things that you need to do in order to focus in on God. And I do these things in my own life, and I have found out if I practice these five things, you know, I can get through my day, and my mind doesn't wander too far from God. He is on my mind all the time. And to give you a little background, what is happening here is there's a king called Darius. And King Darius... In order to run his kingdom properly, he wanted to raise these men up as leaders in his country. 120 of them and then three administrators. And he wanted to raise Daniel up into the number two position. And you know the, how, how that happens when you get elevated, people below you, they come against you. 
They attack you. They want to tear you down. And these people are, are no different. In Daniel chapter 6, starting at verse 6. So the administrators and the satraps went as a group to the king and said, May King Darius live forever. The royal advisors and administrators and the prefects and the satraps and advisors and the governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So the king Darius put the decree into writing. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went upstairs in his room where the windows were open up to Jerusalem. And three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed and giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Daniel was in a dilemma. There's a new law that states that if anybody's caught praying, unless you pray to the king, you will be thrown into the lion's den. Now, the lion's den is equivalent to our death penalty. There's no hope. There's no way out. No one escapes the lion's den. Everybody that's ever been thrown in there dies. And Daniel had to make a choice. Do I obey the king or do I obey God? Do I keep my focus in on God? And we see that Daniel did not alter his way of thinking his way of doing things. It says that he went to his house, opened up the windows, got down on his knees, and he prayed. And I'm pretty sure he prayed with a loud voice so that everyone could hear him. Daniel didn't say, well, you know, I need to obey the law. The law of the land, right? And we hear some Christians say that. That when our government passes a law, no matter what it is, we need to obey. And the word of God tells us that we should obey or are, are live in peace with all men. But I'm here today to tell you that when a law is passed that is contrary to the word of God, I'm against it 100%. And we as born-again believers need to be against it also. The church needs to rise up and come against evil when we see it. Because if we don't, the evil will overtake our, our land. And you can see it, what is, what is happening throughout our country. You know, Daniel could have said, you know, well, this law is not fair. I'm going to go to the king and, and try to appeal this law. But he didn't do that. No, he went to his house and he prayed. He put his focus in on God. He didn't focus in on anything else, didn't focus in on the king. He focused in on God. And basically he said, God, it's me and you. I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. I'm not going to alter anything I'm going to put my trust and my hope and my being in you, no matter the cost. So how did Daniel keep his focus on God, knowing that this law 
this death penalty that was on his head, how was Daniel going to keep his focus? How do we keep our focus throughout the week and throughout the day? I'm going to give you five things that we need to do. The first thing that we need to do, we need to begin our day with God. Begin your day with God. You would say, well, Brother Dave, I'm not a morning person. You know, I like to sleep until around noon or something like that. You know, I like to relax. Well, whenever you get up, whatever your day begins, get up with God. Pray, read the Word. To me, if you don't take time out and pray and read the Word before you start your day, it's like going to work with no shoes. You can go to work with no shoes, right? You can go to work, you can survive, but you're going to step on stuff, you're going to get hurt, you're going to wish you had your shoes on. And the same thing happens when we don't start our day with God. Our day goes haywire, things come in our way, things go crazy. And it's all because we don't start our day with God. If you start your day with God, it'll end with God. But here's what we do a lot of times, I do this myself, you know, I'm a very busy guy. I get up, I read the newspaper, like that's going to really help me read about all the bad news. Read the sports page. The Nationals lose, so that's that news. And I find myself sometimes going out the door. I haven't prayed, I haven't read the word. And you know what? My day turns to mud. So the first thing we need to do is we need to start our day with God. And Daniel prayed three times a day. Every day Daniel got up, he began his day with God. And Daniel was a very busy man. He had a lot of responsibilities in the kingdom. But he did not put any of those things first. He started his day with God. For it says in John 15, 5, it says this. Jesus said, I am the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. What did it say? It didn't say you can do some things. It said you can do nothing. So we need to stay connected with God. Start your day off with God. Keep your focus in on Him. And you'll be amazed how you can handle the day. It, if you'll do those little, that first little step there. Start your day. What's the second thing we need to do? We need to remain in a state of prayer. In other words, pray without ceasing. When you walk out that door, is your mind on God or is it on your boss or is it on your other things in your office? When you keep your mind on God, no matter what happens, when your boss throws open, your, open the door and he begins to chew you out, begins to jump all over you, how do you handle that? If you haven't you started your day with God and you're not in an attitude of prayer, you will reach out, you will fight back, you will cuss and fuss and throw out your Christianity and act just like your boss. Is it true, Billy? You know it's true. I know it's true. I'm a boss. And I know if I don't start my day off, and my guys, they, they mess up every day. I hope they're not watching. And it's up to me not to lose my temper, not to get upset, because everybody makes mistakes. 
But I found out that if I start my day with God, I'm in an attitude of prayer. When things go wrong, God gives me that extra, extra, extra patience that I need, and I can give that soft answer that God wants me to give. And the same thing in your job. When your boss acts like an idiot, how many people have bosses that don't raise your hand because they might see you now, but how many people have bosses that are idiots? And you want to lash out at them, you want to give them a piece of your mind, but Jesus says you've got to love them. Love them into the kingdom. Don't lose your Christian faith, your Christian witness over small, trivial things. Pray throughout the day. And I'm not talking about going around with your head down and your hands like this and praying every second of every minute. Believe me, if you walk into a restaurant and you say, well, Lord, I'm going to pray. Should I have the cheeseburger or the steak and cheese? You know what God's going to say? Have the salad. Every time he's going to say, have the salad. He's not going to tell you to have the steak and cheese. So when I go into a restaurant, I don't pray those prayers. <laughs> I don't want a salad. I want the steak and cheese. So I don't pray that. But I'm talking about an attitude of prayer where you're in constant communication with God that when things go crazy, you can say, Lord, I know you have all this under control and nothing surprises you. And when this happened to Daniel, when Daniel was surprised about the edict, when he knew that he was going to be thrown into the lion's den, he didn't worry, he didn't fret, he didn't have an anxiety attack, he didn't have a panic attack. He just said, Lord, it's me and you. And me and you together, we can do all things. For you have never lost the battle. You always come out on top. And I am with you, God. It says in Proverbs chapter 3, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will, he will direct your path. We're on a path. Every day when you wake up, God has a path for you to follow. And if you're not in communication with him, if you don't have your eyes on him, if you don't focus in on God, you will get off the path. You will get sidetracked. You will mess up big time. But as long as you keep your focus on him, no matter what happens, you will be victorious. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. And what's the third thing that we need to do? We're, we're putting God first. We're seeking him in the morning. We're praying. The third thing we need to do, we, we have to limit our distractions. Limit our distractions. See, because Satan is constantly throwing distractions at us, trying to get us not to do what God wants us to do. In the book of Joshua, it talks about how the Israelites needed to follow the Ark of the Covenant. It said they needed to stay back about a half a mile from the Ark for safety reasons, because they couldn't touch the Ark. But the main reason was that they would never lose sight of the ark. 
They would always be ahead of them. They could always see it. They didn't let anything get between them and God. And we have to be the same way. We can't let anything get between me and God. I can't let video games. I can't let computers. I can't let Facebook. I can't let work. I can't let any of those things get between me and God because they will distract me. They will take my focus off God and onto those things. And when you focus in on your problems and you focus in on things of this world, you know what will happen? You will trip and you will fall. So we need to be like Daniel. Keeping our focus on God. And Daniel knew that it wasn't going to be too long before they come and arrest him and throw him in the lion's den. He knew that was coming. Because those guys were out to get him. It says that when they tried to knock Daniel out of number two position, that they tried to find a bunch of dirt on him, tried to find things wrong with him, tried to find him taking a bribe or cheating the king. And it says they could find nothing wrong. And they searched. They tried to find stuff that Daniel did that was illegal, immoral. But they couldn't find one thing because Daniel kept his focus on God. You think about Daniel. He's not in Jerusalem. He's not in his home country. He's in a foreign land with foreign gods and a foreign king. And he easily could have said, you know what? I'm not going to serve that king. I'm not going to do what he says. He's the enemy. He's taken me from my homeland. But God gave him an edict. You follow the king. You do what's right. No matter what happens, you do what's right. And Daniel did. And he was elevated. And he was going to be number two in all the kingdom. And of course, you know how that goes. Everyone got jealous. How can this foreigner take over our job? How could he be number two? It's because Daniel lived a righteous and holy life. And we need to do the same. Keep your focus on God, and as you keep your focus on Him, He will help you to live that life that's pleasing to Him. But when you don't focus on God, it's so easy to compromise. It's so easy to be tripped up and fall because of all the distractions. So as you look at your life right now, how much time do you spend on Facebook? How much time do you spend on the computer? How much time do you spend on things that don't matter? Examine your hearts and say, God, I need to cut back on those things. They're not sin, but they take you from God to the world. So ask God, Lord, what should I do about those things? And you'll be amazed. God will still allow you to do your, com your computer games. I, don't, I can't stand computer games. You know, if I'm going to hit a golf ball, I'm going to hit a real golf ball, you know. But if you're into that stuff, You'll still be able to do it, but you'll be amazed how God will limit your time because your focus is not on him. And you'll be amazed as God takes away some things out of your life, you realize you don't really need, you didn't need him anyway. I didn't need all those things. So limit the distractions. What's number four? Number four 
in order to focus it on God, become a servant. Become one of his followers. Be like Jesus. Jesus was a servant. Jesus said many times, I didn't come to serve. You know, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. And he did. Who washed the disciples' feet? Jesus. Who healed the sick? Jesus. Always serving. And we need to be the same type of people. We need to be servants. It's amazing as you serve God, you grow in Him. The more you serve, the more you grow. It's just a proven fact. So if you're here today and you haven't really volunteered for anything, I didn't come to Harvest Church to do anything. I come to here to sit in a nice, cool sanctuary. And you know what? Your growth rate will be so small. But you come here to serve. You come here and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? How can I serve you, Lord Jesus? Being an usher, working in the nursery, working in the children's church, helping Brother Curtis. There's a thousand things you can do if you want to. Be a bondservant. Now, in the Old Testament, a bondservant was someone that had served his time under his master, and he was free to go. You know, he, he had to serve his time. He served his master, but he was no longer a slave. He was free. But a bondservant, when someone said, you know what, I still want to serve you. I'm going to do it voluntarily. And that's how it is with Jesus. We all have to be volunteers. We all have to be bondservants. And as God calls you to do whatever he calls you to do, you'll be able to accomplish the task because he's called you. All God ever asked of us is just be willing to do what he asks us to do. That's what he wants. He wants us to be obedient children. And as we give our life to him, say, Lord, this is not my life. You control the breath that I breathe. I'm giving it all to you, Lord. And as you do that, you'll be amazed how you grow in God. And as you serve God, your focus is on him. Because you know what? He will give you stuff to do that you can't do it. You're not qualified to do the stuff that Jesus asked you to do. You know, I'm not qualified to go on the mission field and do what I, what I do. But Jesus qualifies me. There's always someone a thousand times better that could do a better job. But see, I'm willing to do it. So God calls me to go. And the same thing in your life. He'll give you stuff to do that's beyond your capability. But when he calls, he equips. And you'll be amazed. I believe we have some good preachers out there that hasn't have preached yet. God's got his hand on you. Don't fight it. Just go with it. Because in reality, nobody's qualified. Well, none of us are qualified. None of us are good enough. But God makes us good enough. And when God puts people in charge, was Moses qualified? No way. Was David qualified? No. Was Peter qualified to be a disciple? 
No way. You wouldn't pick him. That dirty old fisherman with that foul mouth, I would never pick them. But Jesus did. So become a servant. And then fifthly and finally, remove everything that hinders you from focusing on God. It says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. God wants us to be like Daniel, men and women above reproach, where if they tried to examine your life and they tried to lock you up, they couldn't do it because you love God so much that all the things that are not right, you don't do any longer. And if you have sin in your life today, you have something to hold you back from really serving and focusing on God, give it up. Kill the sin before it will kill you. For sin will kill. That's why we have to confess our faults, confess our sins, and walk with Jesus every day. And no matter how big or how small the sin is, you can't let it grow. Because sin is like a cancer. It gets between you and God, and it will grow and grow and grow, and it'll block your vision of God, and it will take you down. So don't let sin grow in your life. Confess it. Get rid of it. Walk on with God. And if you do that, your focus will constantly be on him. And you'll be amazed how you get through your day so much easier and so much better because your eyes are always on him. So Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. The king didn't want to do it, but he had no choice. He signed a decree. It couldn't be changed. So they moved back the stone and threw Daniel in. Daniel's gone. The king knew that no one escapes. Everyone is eaten. But it says in verse 19, At the first light of dawn, the king got up hurriedly to the lion's den. And when he came near, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continuously been able to rescue you from the lion's? Now, if I'm Daniel, I'm going to be quiet for a few minutes. Just because he threw me in this lion's den. I'm going to get back at this king. 
says, but Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angels and he shut the lion's mouth. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done anything wrong before you, majesty. Wow. Now, if I'm the king, I'm realizing, man, this God that Daniel serves is the God. Who could deliver anyone from the lion's den but God? Then the king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. He didn't have a scratch. Didn't have a scratch because he trusted in God. Today you may be in the lion's den. And you can hear those lions roar. And you got fear in your heart. I'm here today to tell you, put your trust in God and he will deliver you every time. He will take you out of the pit and you won't have a scratch because your focus is on him. And if you're wondering, well, the lions were not hungry, I don't, that's why they didn't eat Daniel. Read verse 24. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and their children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Why? Because they were not like Daniel. They didn't trust in God. They trusted in their own selves wrong brains and they all ended up ruined so today as we sit in this congregation because sometimes we are thrown into the lion's den at work in our homes and we feel like there's no way out put your trust in God for he will deliver you Then verse 25, then the king wrote to all the nations and the people of every language in all the earth. What a missionary. What a... Wow. He said, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wanderings in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Now that's what I call an edict. The king himself knew that he knew that Daniel's God was the true and living God.
So this morning, where is your focus? Is your focus on God or is it focus on your problems? Stop worrying about your problems and focus in on God. And when you are thrown into the pit, for we will be thrown into the pit some days, it feels like we're in the lion's den, you will come out without a scratch because you have trusted in the living, holy God, Lord of Lords, King of Kings. That's where we need to put our trust. That's where we need to put our focus.